Welcome to the Music Licensing Podcast. I'm your co-host, Sonnet Simmons. And I'm John Kleinbaum. Each week we sit down with top professionals in the sync world to discuss their experiences and offer inside insights on what it takes to play song to picture. From music supervisors to ad agency executives, from trailer houses to indie artists racking up licenses with their music, we'll be talking to all of the people who make the sync magic happen. Music is the backbone of a successful film or TV show. It's all about finding the right fit for the right song for the right moment. I think the key to success in music licensing is really building relationships. If you're passionate about music and the business behind making compelling media, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we dive into the fascinating world of sync and explore it with the people it takes to make it all click. The Music Licensing Podcast, where business meets the art of storytelling in media. If you love our podcast, please consider being a patron for $3 a month. It will get you inside scoops behind the scenes, early access to some of the episodes, and helps keep the lights on over here for the podcast. All you have to do is go to musiclicensingpodcast.com and you can donate $3 a month and you are a patron. Thanks so much. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Music Licensing Podcast. We are so lucky. We are sitting down today with Rosie Howe from Netflix here to enlighten us and bring some insight into how the pieces work together at Netflix, all the many different hats that she wears, the incredible support that she brings to the projects that she works on, and how creativity is the core of which she moves from and that Netflix moves from and the different stories that can be told and the diversity that is shared through such an incredible platform. Rosie is such a genuine, beautiful human being with so much to share. I love how articulate she is and how she really gets into the crux of the creative process and brings us into her heart and soul. And we are just grinning from ear to ear, laughing the entire time. Enjoy. All right. Welcome, Rosie Howe, to the podcast from Netflix. We are so happy to sit down here with you today to see your face on Zoom. You're just one of the most wonderful, kind, genuine, and talented people Uh, in this industry. And we're super, super grateful to spend this time with you. So sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. Um, We always have good conversations, so I'm happy that this one's going to be recorded and shared. (laughs) That's perfect. I love that. That's true. We're going to actually record these awesome conversations we have. (laughs) It is. It is recording. I can see the button. Good. Um, So I guess just to start us off, let's just get like a little overview of the land of Rosie, how you came to be here where you are today and kind of like what brought you, what are all the pieces that put together your roadmap to where you are? Yeah. Oh, wow. Such a great question. Um, You know, I think for a lot of us in the industry, it starts in childhood. You know, I grew up with my parents were always listening to music. They were older than a lot of my friends. So I really had kind of like a a wide range of, um, you know, music that I listened to. And my brother was like into rock and metal. I had my own interests in like hip hop, R&B, reggae. So really just having that kind of um, musical environment really, you know, set the stage for everything else. Uh, Music supervision, I started doing when I was in college, I was taking some business courses, and just fell in love with it. Um, And was trying to, you know, get as much experience as I could. So 
Um, you know, I was meeting directors who were doing indie films. I was doing, uh, you know, pilot series. Eventually I landed at like a studio. Um, it was a little independent studio, did documentaries and commercial work. Um, and, you know, me and another uh, gentleman there were running the music department for them. So just getting as much experience as possible while, you know, kind of doing everything else. Um, you know, I was a student, I was young. So, you know, you're you're working a couple of jobs while you're working on your career at the same time. Um, so just learning different things and, you know, bringing that into my professional, you know, path and career. Um I don't know if that fully answered well, your question. And now, how did you get to here where <laughs> you're at Netflix? So all of that. And then you've, you know, you came to LA and mm-hmm. now you're at Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, LA, um, you know, it was kind of like the next step after I graduated and um, yeah, came out here and did artist management. Um, there were a couple artists. I worked with a pop artist called uh, Hannah Madison Taylor. Um, and you know did some of that didn't really work out (laughs) um and so which led me to focusing more on you know um taking projects I really had a strong network back in Chicago so uh it just made sense to kind of open my own um you know my own shop so I did that and uh started taking on bigger gigs you know getting more clients um and then, yeah, Netflix came, approached me and said that Alex Patsalvas was, you know, making this music team and original series. And, um, you know, I just thought it would be an incredible experience. And it was a hard decision, but I said yes and haven't looked back. Yeah. Awesome. Well, how was it to open your own shop? And some of the experiences with that. And I would love to hear a little bit about that. Like, cause you talked about that. What was it like to, to kind of run your own shop and kind of before the Netflix days? Yeah. I mean, that was kind of interesting because that was never really something that I has seen for myself. Um, but I learned so much, especially about finance operations, you know, having a staff, um, all the legal stuff that you have to do, like registering a business, you know, things like that. So it was, it was an incredible experience, um, marketing as well, learning how to, you know, really promote myself, um, identify what type of clientele, you know, that was, um, that I really desired and that would move my business forward. So yeah, yeah, definitely learned a lot. Um, you know, no, not to speak against college, but I definitely learned more um, with that hands-on experience than, than I ever did in, in school. Um, so yeah, that was incredible. It was very hard, but, um, you know, it's, it's worth it. And, and, you know, too, you know, you've, you've built your own business and you know that it's, it's, um, it's like your baby. It's something that you're constantly attending to. And, you know, the goal is to have it, to have it grow and flourish. So well, that's really interesting in terms of, you know, you learned all of those different skills. And, and like you said, there's many different facets to the job that extend completely outside of the creative, right? And yeah. you learn so much about that. And I'm sure that a lot of what you learned there is 
just something that continues to add to the craft of overall of what you do as a supervisor now that you're working with Netflix. Am I right? Absolutely. You know, especially people think that um, music supervisors, you know, sit in their office and pick music all day, but it's, there's really so much to it. And you have to have an understanding of the entire industry, not just yours, because it all comes back to, uh, you, you know, you, you have a segue at some point, like from product to marketing to, you know, video games, just, just everything, the entertainment industry. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really, uh, it's having that understanding, um, you know, just makes it easier to, to thrive in that world. So I mean, your scope of understanding, well, I had the pleasure to sit down and have dinner with you. We had like a girls dinner recently and we had the best dinner ever. We had the best. It was so <laughs> delicious. We could actually have a whole podcast on the food that we ordered. It's and really true. The conversation went, you know, I love you and Uh-oh. you're amazing. Um, but one of the things that I like you kind of got into sharing a little bit of the Netflix has, you know, and I'm sure people are curious who are listening, um, you know, in the industry, like how does it all work together? Because Netflix is kind of blown up in terms of how much content is created, how, and then you, you have this like different music supervisors and how the mm-hmm. team all works together and how all the pieces and like, how do you even keep track of what's happening or how do you kind of have your own lane? Can you kind of break down a little bit of what the infrastructure looks like uh, like give us a little inside view on what's happening behind the scenes for the Netflix shows and movies that we're all so familiar with yeah I mean as much as I can it's uh, I will have to say as a general comment um, you know they are pretty slick and very organized and the music team you know really kind of has a focus on on service um, you know, whether that's music talent that we're hiring or that, you know, we just happen to work with, whatever it is, um, you know, they they really are, you know, client focused. Um, in terms of how it works, you know, we, we are music creative representatives of the studio. Um, so we're kind of like in-house music supervisors for our creative teams internally. Um, but also offer support to the music teams that we hire externally. Um, so you, you're kind of wearing multiple hats in that regard. Um, and we help from anywhere to talent casting to administrative stuff, um, you know, budget conversations, recommendations. Um, there were some nights where I'm like up, you know, watching cuts, trying to, see, you know, our music playing in clips or, you know, just those little, you know, details that usually music supervisors are, are doing, we're also doing. So we surface, you know, a backup in that. Um, we could have conceptual conversations, which is a lot of it because we're, our team specifically, music creative production is focused on um, creative. So, um you know, like for Wednesday, um, there were a lot of conversations around, you know, Wednesday, what's her sound? You know, she's not a typical teenager. She doesn't have an iPod or even a phone. You know, she's listening to vinyl. Um, so what, you know, what's her musical taste along with, you know, several other characters? Um, and that kind of goes back to being an in-house music supervisor. You know, you're there to advise on 
creative ideas with with your clients. Um, and I'm sure there's many more things that I'm not thinking of, but you know, it's just, you're kind of, there is support and guidance and as a project manager, um, as you can imagine, budget is, is a, a prominent <laughs> subject that we discuss. Um, but yeah, it's all and fun. And you're helping there. Like, I mean, you're, you're huge support cause you're like getting in there with the music, songs, artists, and composers, like you're kind of looking at a lot of the moving parts to create what we get to consume as like a, you know, watcher, Netflix and chill person. (laughs) (laughs) There's actually a verb that we, you know, Netflix and chill. It's like, it's become a verb at this point. I know it's nuts. (laughs) Yeah. It's nuts when you think about it. Um, how does that work on the composing side? On the composing side, um, you know, we are usually very involved in casting. Um, sometimes clients will come, you know, to the table with a list or, or people that they already know that they want to work with. So then we just kind of, um, you know, facilitate the deals with our legal team. Um, and then, you know, we support them throughout the project, whatever that is, whether it's like scheduling or, um, if they, you know, need something like, especially in early stages, like if, if it, the score calls for like experimentation, um, they need to book some sessions with live players, that kind of stuff, you know, you're facilitating those little things and also, uh, creative conversations. Some of these more complex projects, you'll have like a lot of different creative viewpoints that you need to, you know, kind of corral, um, so usually we're kind of there as a, as a conduit between those parties, you know, making sure that communication is open and, you know, we're getting to where we need to be. And then like typical administrative stuff. But when it comes to corralling different creative viewpoints, is it, is there something that tends to happen more often than not, or is it each project is a totally different situation, different egos, different personalities, different budgets, different visions, uh, maybe speak a little more to that in terms of like that creative corralling that needs to happen. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the answer is yes and yes, because it's, yeah, every project is different because it's, you know, you're building something from the ground up, right? It's like you're building a business each time, um, you know, so many different players, um, you know, cause I've been on projects where it's, um, they don't really have a viewpoint or they need help with a creative direction. And, you know, you get them to a certain point and then, okay, they're good. You know, then you're just kind of passing notes back and forth. Um, Then there's other times where I do feel like we've had a few projects lately where this has just been really, you know, something we're dealing with, Um, especially on complex projects. We've had a couple of complex projects where uh, you've had a lot of creative viewpoints Um, you know, and it does take a lot of, uh, conversation and interpretation to get everyone, you know, moving in the same direction. Um, so it can look like that. Um, and then each project you have your ups and downs, um, in extreme circumstances, you know, you really are trying to, um, put out fires, things like that, squash any disagreements <laughs> that can come up. Um, you know, especially with when it comes to like recognizable IP, 
you have creators involved, you know, that feel very passionate about those properties. Um, so taking that into consideration. So yeah, it really, really runs the gambit. Also, sometimes, you know, you're problem solving, especially on like a technical level. Like there's some projects that I've worked on that are really heavy sound design mixed with music. So it, and just in general, whenever you're thinking of the sound of a show, you're thinking of what's it going to sound like on the phone? What's it going to sound like on the TV? What's it going to sound like in other That's spaces? so interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We really, there is, you know, definitely a focus on the experience of the user, which is how wow. we want to, you want to think of it in general from a music supervision standpoint as well. Right. I never really thought about that with like the translation of different devices you hear about that all the time with like website design but right it's like i never really thought about that from a music supervision standpoint that's fascinating yeah. right how it translates that's so interesting yeah, yeah i love that you because i mean i think that you don't even understand the depth of which like you just have so many different like facets of which you are knowledgeable of and know and like that's such a you know, you're just you're doing the admin you're doing the 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 tone you're doing the you know and how many different shows and like supporting all these different which ways and then I know you've been like oh I've got this call over here like in the other side of the world like you know you, you're managing all of those pieces together it's really phenomenal how the the breadth of your insight and knowledge and what would you say like I think this is kind of a an interesting aspect of what would you say that you if you feel like people don't understand about maybe your job or um your area of the industry like it could be maybe not just your job but in general like your colleagues in this sort of area uh in the music industry but people don't really understand that you want to bring a little bit more light to is there something that kind of pops up for you around around that I wanted to take a quick break. If you guys are looking for more information on music licensing, on live events, on our private sync community, please come on over to twoindie.com. We put on live events every year. We have a private sync community. We have a free 90-minute bootcamp that covers everything that you need to know about music licensing. Really gives you that jump start that you might be looking for. If you're looking for more resources, more education, more events to get involved in, please come on over to twoindie.com. Okay, and now back to the episode. Yeah, I think I think the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, there's kind of a thought, and I definitely thought this too, I'm not going to lie. There's a persona of, of people that work at for corporations and a lot of corporations are those things, but there are there are corporations that really do a lot of good, a lot of substantial good. They have a lot of amazing people that work for them, brilliant people that work for them, that really are moving the needle in society in ways that they really don't even understand or really see, especially with content, especially with content, the power of content, you know, the way that affects people. And we've seen it in every hit TV show or movie. So I think that's maybe the first thing is that there are people that, you know, really have a desire to contribute to society in a really positive way. And I kind of think that's the power of Netflix for me is that I'm able, I have the resources and the community 
that share that same, you know, idealism and really, you know, um, act upon it. Wow. What what a stunning answer Mm -hmm. to bring, you know, really to like bring us into the the truth of it and the the truth is like we get we are creators to share a truth to share perspective to create because there's some sort of internal calling and netflix and other other corporations are these platforms that have allowed all these different diverse stories to be shared to bring to light different stories and and content and ideas and you get to be a part of really bringing that to life and to take it back to that like core is such a beautiful thing to bring to this conversation i feel like that's that's really like why we create and then to have like some power behind it like amazing Absolutely. you have like a a powerhouse that's really and and i really don't think about netflix like that it's phenomenal to think the stories that they have been able to share with the whole world that otherwise maybe wouldn't have been shared and the music that gets to share it and the opportunities for these different creatives to be a part of it and to have you know a place to come to really have that kind of support thanks for that exactly. and that is the end of our podcast now there's nothing more we have to say <laughs> that was just like mic drop <laughs> I, I just think it's so interesting in terms of just the role of you know, a uh, creative and in, in, in saying things that are important. And, and also there's like an entertainment factor with all this too. And, and it's like, so how do you balance the creative side, the giving powerful messages, but also just straight up entertaining people, giving people something that's fun for them to flip through and, and watch is that uh, I'm sure there's amazing conversations that take place in, 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 a, in a large company like yours uh, around all that as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, that's, that's one of my favorite parts because so much thought goes into everything and we're constantly looking in the industry and comparing, you know, other shows, things like that to the ones that we're making, just really making informed, um, decisions really, really just puts you in another stratosphere. And also, you know, I think it goes back to core value of wanting to tell authentic stories and wanting to really, um, truly entertain people. And when you have that kind of mentality, it's kind of, you know, the sky's the limit. Anything, I mean, anything that you can dream of, write it down and we'll we'll make it, you know, kind of thing. Um, So it's, it's really, really incredible and you know for creative minds it's it's kind of like a boot camp honestly I mean there are times where I need I have one hour between blocks of meetings and I need to come up with a concept you know that's going to be really cool and you're not only thinking of how it's going to work in the show but you know how's it going to translate outside of the show marketing and all that kind of stuff as well um so you're really just exercising that creative muscle and able to pump out, you know, things that you never thought you could pump out in an hour. So it's a, it's a really incredible work environment as well. That's as far as I I just had one other follow-up with that. Cause I, I 
heard you talking about just like flexing those creative muscles and yeah. it sounds like like so many amazing music supervisors professionals in yes. the world you really have put in the 10,000 hours you really have this breadth of experience and you have the years of the, like the different aspects of the industry and all that but mm-hmm. i'm very interested in this creative flexing that you're talking about like you know, <laughs> in terms of creativity and i'd love to hear rosie howes take on you know what is creativity to you and how do you apply it in your work Ooh, what is creativity to me? Creativity is intentional phenomenon that happens when you, you know, come up with this idea and you have the curiosity and the gumption to just kind of see it through the morbid curiosity and something cool comes out of it or something comes out of it that people have a response to. And then you do it again and you keep doing it. And not that you're a slave to it, but you accept it when it comes. Even if you don't, aren't physically doing something about it, it's still a creative idea that you have. You put it away, save it for a rainy day. And, you know, it's a part of your, you know, history, your creative history. And for me, I am definitely adventurous. I'm curious. I really try to be as open as possible in terms of my creative process. And, you know, I like to take risks. I like to be um, bold sometimes, um, whatever that looks like. But I would say if I have to describe my my process, it would just be curiosity. I'm constantly curious. I want to, I, the more I have a feeling of the more that I know, the more endless my creativity can be and the results of that. And I guess, what does that look like on a practical level? Uh, Some days I'll have, you know, just a creative day. Um, I'm either like researching and putting together playlists, a certain genre, or um, I think of a a scene in my head and come up with a concept and then kind of go down that rabbit hole. Or I'm thinking of like, how would I make a 63 person children choir work for this specific scene um, you know, we work with children, there's an extra component there, you know, we, there's certain regulations you need to follow. It takes a while for, you know, um, a situation like that to get through because of that. What would I need to think in terms of what's needed? What's the next steps? What if the creative changes, if the creative changes, how involved am I in that? You know, just kind of just going down those rabbit holes, um, you know, trying to be prepared for those situations. That's also part of my creativity. I feel like people can be extremely creative in business and honing those skills as well, you know, allows for creativity in business. Gosh, that's such a good question. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like I was just witness to something incredible <laughs> there. That was, thank you for that. Absolutely. I, I thought that the, 
I never really thought of the words intentional phenomenon when it came to creativity. <laughs> and I think that is just, it honestly, it like gives me tingles. It, it warms my heart. It's like, it, it, it feels, it speaks true to everything that I know as being an independent musician and uh, a songwriter and producer, everything that I know about creativity, it just really like fired all that stuff up. So it's just a, amazing to, to hear that coming from somebody who's working on such high level projects. Uh, you're working with, with such amazing people. And uh, yeah, anyways, I'm just thoroughly inspired by that answer. And Aww. so that was, that was amazing. <laughs> like you could have stopped there, but it was like, then you went on to get into more detail with curiosity and boldness and gumption. And just like these words that were just like, yes, like this is when you have that curiosity, when you're bold enough to really take something apart and see what happens if I express this. And it's, I, I, you know, I've thought about like, why do we just have this drive to be creative or why does it feel so good to be creative? Like we can't do anything else, but, and when we're, when we're not allowed to be creative, like a part of our soul kind of is un, it's like shut down and you see it. I see it in my children. And I know even like with my husband, who's like a numbers person, like everybody is creative, even him. So like everybody has that sort of, they have to come forward and have that expression. And it comes from that curiosity, from that magic, from that wonder, from that phenomenon. And then having that intention, which is like, I'm going to actually finish this song. (laughs) (laughs) Not just start it, but now I'm going to finish it, which is hard, you know, or like go back to the editing process or get some feedback and make some changes. And like the whole creative process really takes a whole nother level. But speaking to creativity as like a lifeline is such a, you know, and and how it shows up for everybody in their different places of their lives is so incredible. Yeah. Cause it's so true. And it's what connects us and make such a strong community, like, especially, you know, out here in Los Angeles, I really just experienced that early on, like how tight this music community is out here, Mm. Um, you know, which is exactly the opposite of what you hear when you move to Hollywood for the first time. Mm. So um, that's right. Yeah. And you're right. And it's the power of music and, and our love for it. Amazing. I, I, and you never know, like, what is it that people don't understand or you want people to understand and like getting into the power of sharing these stories from Netflix and then also the creativity that comes forward. Uh, This conversation is just really taking turns that are, you know, you, you can't plan for. And that is everything to do with you and the perspective that you bring and can share here. I was so appreciate it because I also know that like you're probably getting dinged, uh, pinged, pinged, not dinged, but pinged and like emails (laughs) are building up and like a million different things are happening and you're like, maybe you get dinged too. I don't know. (laughs) Some days are better than others. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's Friday. Yes. It's Friday. Yeah. I feel like this is a good place to kind of, you know, leave them wanting more and just having this <laughs> this really dense, beautiful conversation here that covered a lot and really got into the soul and depth of, the, of things, no matter where our listener is at, if they are the music creator, the music supervisor, the... And in, in, in the industry at any a different facet, like 
there was so much that was spoken to here today that really allows people to feel seen and feel a part of this community and to feel like, you know, Mm -hmm. we all are the music. We all are making it happen together and driven by a force of this uh, intentional phenomenon. And that's going to, we actually need to now figure out who to contact over at Weber's dictionary so that we can have them rewrite that. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good fantastic definition. We can start it. small. We can start with urban dictionary and as the words I was like, is Weber's even a thing or is that like just like my childhood? Yeah, is it is it in a museum now? I feel like it's in a museum now. <laughs> oh, oh, with all <laughs> all the encyclopedias and all that stuff, you know. Oh, I, remember when those were a thing? I don't know. I remember if, those. I don't know if you oh, remember yeah. that. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, my like friends would have like encyclopedias. You could go up and look yeah. stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> So crazy. There were so many times I was disappointed by those encyclopedias not having anything on stuff that I wanted to find. Really? Yeah, a lot of times I was just like, oh, there's nothing here about this or about that. What kind of things were you looking up? I don't know. Well, I don't remember. I was like 10 (laughs) years old at the time or something like that. You know, I was probably looking up NES cheat codes or something like that. I was playing video yeah. games. No, I was not looking those up either. But uh, well, now we have but, the chat yeah. GPT. So, yeah, chat GPT is here to help out, I guess. Uh, but Rosie, this has been amazing. You're Aww. amazing. You're such a power in the music industry and in music supervision. So thank you for taking some time out of your day to hang with us. We really appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And you, you two are just so incredible. I love doing anything with you. So anytime. Aww, yeah, anytime. Thank you. Thank you. So appreciate it. Yeah, Looking forward for to continuing me. the conversation. Me too. Yeah. Me too. A special shout out to Daniel Lim for providing this incredible music to our podcast and Kurt Hunter, our editor. <laughs>